I never pictured myself as a graphic designer or making ads or making content or creating content for somebody else. Like the only reason I was good at what I did is because I fucking did it myself. When I owned a gym, I didn't have money to pay somebody to make my logos and make my designs and make my art because guess what? I would have had to charge my members more fucking money. I would have had to do annual fees. I would have done all the shit that I was against as a gym owner. Yeah. And again, that bit me in the ass like later on. But guess where it put me now? And I, I, it probably has to go back to like Mantis or even my punk rock days in high school when I was like hand drawing our like kegger parties or like our my, the first cassette I ever recorded. I was 13 years old, band called Hectic. We literally recorded with um, these old, my, my dad, my real dad's old headphones. We like crossed them and like hung them up on the ceiling fan in a bedroom and plugged it, stretched it all the way, wrapped it and plugged it into a karaoke machine and hit record. And that's how we recorded our like five song demo. But like literally there's like, we made a hundred cassettes. I hand wrote hectic and then the song names on the back. And then the little sticky piece that went on the cassettes, uh-huh. white sticky tablet, like wrote the songs out on there hand for hand, a hundred of those. So I guess that's where my, my uh, creative <laughs> content came from. What's up, you beautiful beasts? I'm Katie. I'm on a mission to help humans become the best possible versions of themselves and to strive for overall health, mental health, emotional health, physical health, all of the healths, without ever having to step on a scale. I have had the privilege to talk to all kinds of different humans who've been through a plethora of experiences just being a human and existing. I believe that every single time somebody shares their story, at least one person listening will learn from it, be inspired by it, and maybe, just maybe, even change the entire direction of their life. These are the stories of humans unveiling their beautiful beast. Keep listening. This is the Unveiling the Beast podcast. So I don't think I've seen you since I quit CrossFit. <laughs> I love how you use the word quit without me having to say it. Hey, I haven't seen you since you quit CrossFit. Right. Um, no. Yeah. Um, I've been following you. We've been following each other. Yeah. So it's really cool to see you doing this. Yeah. So I mean, I was like knocked up with very big um, pregnancy complications, which is why I quit. Yeah. Um, but the real reason I quit is because my husband and I were drowning in debt and I was too embarrassed to say anything. And it yeah. was expensive. I, it's so everyone goes, I mean, most people go through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. I've, I've been through it. I went through it during the gym. Uh, you know, a lot of members had no idea the, um, the political act, like part of everything. Cause I kept it quiet into myself. And I think that's probably why I drank so much back then, which I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll dive into, but Owning a gym's hard. And um, when you build something of that size, of that caliber, it kind of got out of my hands really quick. Uh, but when did you join? Were we, we weren't at KO Fitness, right? We were separate already. We were at the separate location. Um, it was KO when I joined. It was KO CrossFit though, right? It wasn't like yeah, in KO the back CrossFit. of the fitness center. Right. Okay. Yeah, was it was it, its own thing. Was it small? Like, was it just that one single room, or did we already like kind of expand to like a little big, bit bigger? Um, I remember like the entrance. There's a tiny lobby, and then you go to the left, and there was a big room. So we already stairs. we already had like three units. Then at that point, like we had the nutrition store and the the daycare and all that when you joined. Yeah, I think I I just never went back there. Gotcha. I'd only seen the front. Okay. But I remember you saying something about 
the daycare. I didn't yeah. have any kids yet, though. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, we started. Uh, I mean, I could start. Where do you want me to? Do you want me to start from the beginning? Sure. I just. I mean, um, just for the listener, we met. Um, you owned the KO, right? I did. I well, I owned Athletics United. I was the. Got it. I was the um, CrossFit owner, the affiliate owner of KO CrossFit, and the manager. So the way the way it kind of started was after the band. Um, it was like 2010. I Mantis had quit. I went to culinary school. From culinary school, I started working out at KO Fitness Center, and met Josh, who was the the manager at that time. Started working out with him. I had really good transformation. Um, he was like, dude, you should become a trainer. And I was just kind of like, uh, nah, like fresh <laughs> out of a metal band. Like it's not my thing. I like to drink and party. You know what I mean? Like I ain't, I ain't trying not to rock. Help, I ain't trying to help <laughs> nobody, bro. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was, I was, I had a great transformation. I was living that life at the gym, but I was still, you know, we partied six nights a week. I was living with my tat, my other vocalist who was the tattoo artist. So we had people at the apartment all day, all night. It just wasn't in my, in my nature, but as he kept kind of like, put in my ears like bro like you have a really good story like you're a good dude like you can really change some lives and i was just like me like change <laughs> lives so as we kind of got deeper into it and started peeling the layers back on that i you know I, I ended up training getting certified and i built a very large clientele very quickly i was doing the circuit classes the boot camp classes i was doing small group training within like the first couple of months i had over 100 clients i mean i literally nice. and this is <clears throat> this was like piggybacking between work in a restaurant and then from like 5 a.m until i had to leave out to San Manuel where i was cooking that's all i was doing so it was just and i was just burning out bad plus then getting home to my apartment to a full-blown rager every night <clears throat> it was a very it was tough and that's kind of when i started to like kind of relax on the partying at that moment mm -hmm. just working so many hours so i had to make the decision do i want to work at this five-star restaurant that i had already went to culinary school for or do i want to you know dive into this personal training world which I already had a great clientele. So I made the, the decision to leave the restaurant and um, pursue personal training full-time. And it was probably the best decision I ever made. It probably saved my life. I probably would not be in this chair if I did not make that decision at that very moment. Um, and like I said, I, I grew very fast. I had over hundred clients. I was teaching classes and then came CrossFit. Um, the owner came to me and said, you know, I know you'd like doing CrossFit. I know you, you know, you're certified. Do you want to start CrossFit in the back of the gym or should we find a location? So him and I kind of went back and forth with another coach I had. And I said, we should pursue this. Let's open it in the back. We grew it organically until we made enough money profitable to open a satellite location. And from there, we searched many places. I knew in my mind, if I want to do CrossFit, I didn't want it to be the cookie cutter, concrete warehouse, you know, as much punk rock and metal I was like, it would, I knew I'd be there all day. And I knew I didn't want to just be stuck in a cement basically right. prison sweat box. And I had a vision of, of what CrossFit could have been. Um, so we found a spot. It was like off the mall. It was a retail store. It used to be the wedding land in Riverside. And I knew at some point I already envisioned, I would be able to take down drywall. You know, I, like if it was cement walls, I couldn't go any bigger left or right. If I had drywall on each side of me, I knew there was room for expansion. And I guess that was already the, I don't like using the word entrepreneur, but that was already the mindset I had was always trying to do bigger things and better things, especially yeah. when it comes to my members. So we got into this 3000 square foot off the mall place. It was tiny. We outgrew that within months. People were like, Jake, like it was just me, Robbie. And I think Mike at the time coaching, um, Jesus slowly came in after that. But we organically grew so large within our first year. I was already not, we, 
the room next to us was up for rent. So I knew we could take that over if we made it profitable. And I had to bring all that to the owner at that time. Like, look, if we do this and charge this. Uh, so we we're able to do that. It was a dream come true. I was like, oh my God, it just expanded. Like, you know, the first gym I was actually running. And I mean, by the time you joined, we had taken over the third locate, the third leasing office, which was that corner building. And I needed to find out how to kind of like make that profitable because that was a big undertaking. So we went from 3000 square feet to 8,500 square feet in less than like two years, which is insane. We went from hundred clients to 350 paying clients. Um, and it was at that point, um, the owner just had nothing to do with it. It was all me. You know, I was there yeah. 12 hours a day, every day, Sundays we were closed, but I was there mopping the floors, cleaning the bathrooms, doing the things that people did not see. Um, and he came to me with the business opportunity to purchase KO CrossFit. And I told him, I don't want to purchase KO CrossFit, but I'll purchase the assets. I brought in my buddy, Brian from CrossFit Paris, who then came as the financial backer on that project. And we turned it into Athletics United. And the rest was kind of history. Long story short, business partners, opportunities came. Uh, we were forced to sell. He was forced to sell his portion, which then led me to sell mine. And at that point, I was so, I was so broken. Um, I'd already gone through the divorce. A lot was happening behind the scenes. Um, I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, I hold no regrets, but there was money that was missing. Uh, I was paying the mm -hmm. coaches. Uh, you got to remember when I first took over, there was three coaches. When I sold, we had eight coaches. We had mm -hmm. a much bigger lease. We had $18,000 in overhead. So I was emotionally drained from putting out money from my divorce that I'd earned from some property uh, that we sold um, just to pay the employees. And nobody knew that story. And it wasn't my place to tell them. And I walked away with an empty heart and, you know, I was sad, but I was like on to the next. And that, that next thing was um, an opportunity at the railroad. And I thought mm. at that moment, six figures, benefits, like blowing the horn, cruising down the desert, 80 miles an hour on a train was the best thing in the world. And it ended up being the worst decision of my life. It led to, um, it led to a lot of drinking. It led to a lot of pain pills that I didn't know I once would become addicted to um, from a sciatic that from not working out anymore, long hours, bad sleep, uh, stress, um, not making excuses. It's just something I needed at that moment. But yeah. that was a real pinnacle in my life where second life came because of that moment in life, those two years of being on the railroad, not seeing my daughter, getting over divorce, dating the wrong woman, um, drinking too much. I was, I was depressed. I was um, alone a lot of the times in my apartment uh, because by the time it was my weekend with my daughter, I wouldn't be able to see her because I was on the railroad. So a lot of just emotional things happened in my life. And um, I kind of checked out from social media checked out from my friends, checked out from just everything. I literally come home and drink like a fifth of vodka. I would mm -hmm. pop a couple pain pills. I would go to bed, wake up, do the same thing. Um, either 16 hour day, 18 hour day, 20 hour day. I'd go to Yermo. I would go to um, Arizona, like different LA. I didn't know where I was going. You just pack your bag on the railroad, get in your car, go check in, meet your engineer. And then you're on the railroad. Um, so it was, it was a really bad time in my life. I really was like, you'd get in these, these cabs with the engineers and they're in their fifties and sixties talking about how they on their fourth divorce, you know, they're alcoholics. They don't see their kids or the kids hate them, but they're looking up to that two weeks of vacation that they work so hard for out of the year. Yeah. I'm like, this is not what I was put on earth for. Like I am <laughs> meant for something more. And so many people are hitting me up um, at this point. Like when I was seeing people, they just knew something was wrong with me. Um, they knew I was either on drugs or I was depressed or just emotionally checked out. And that's when it really hit is like, 
I, that's not who I am. So I walked away from a six figure job, um, on the railroad and had no clue what I was going to do at this point. Um, I had spent my money on just back pay from child support and just from basically booze and just doing stupid shit. So, um, 36 years old, moved back in with my parents, started completely over from scratch. And I ended up just going to a local gym of some people I knew that worked there. I knew the owner since high school. And I walked in and talked to my buddy, Al, who, you know, who was running the place for like 12 years and said, I want to start at the bottom position. Like, what do you got? He gave me an opportunity and I started to grow from there. I mean, I started at minimum wage. He's like, bro, like you owned a gym. And I go, yeah, but if I'm going to do this again, I've got to learn the corporate way. I've got to learn real ways. Like when you guys were members, it literally was like, Hey man, I can't pay you this month. Can I get you? And I'm like, sure. Like, yeah, it was high fives. I didn't really care. I didn't know how to run a business. I grew the business. Um, I knew how to coach. I knew how to do things, but when it came to like bills and all the other stuff, it was just, it was such yeah. a freaking mess. So, um, I was doing good. I was climbing the corporate ladder, became a manager, became a fitness manager. I was going to go run one of my own locations. And then um, this little thing called COVID happened and the world shut down on me. So um, uh, that's when Angela and I started dating and um, she was doing some health coaching and uh, she really wanted me to get involved. I, I was out of work um, again. And I didn't really know what I was going to do with fitness, but I knew health and fitness were my, were my thing. So that's literally where I kind of jumped in and I was like, cool. Like she was doing really good. I loved watching her help other people. And I was like, this looks freaking amazing. And you don't have to work out when gyms are closed. Like, let's do this. And we, she had already been doing it five years prior or four years at that time. So she was really good at it. And I kind of just joined the team and started building up my clientele. And then um, slowly, but surely it led it one thing to another. I got back into fitness. I started online coaching. Wasn't really doing too well because I didn't know the platform. Um, but I was kind of just building my brand second life behind the scenes, like my graphics, all my content, just being a motivational dude and just doing what I could while people weren't at the gym. I was giving away free, you know, plans, at home workouts. I have like a year's worth of like at home workouts I was doing that were just quick little wads, like 15 minute MRAPs and stuff like that that I like to yeah. give away for free. Um, and then, yeah, it, it kind of like led me into the next like couple years and here we are today. I mean, I've got a lot more, a lot more to talk about, but, um, did you have anything specific that you want to touch base on or like that? What drew you to asking me to be on here? I do, but I just want to like put out into the universe that I find this fascinating that all of this happened after I left so like we're both completely different people than than when we knew each other back then and that was sure. what like it had to be more than six years ago because I moved up here I live in Palmdale um I moved up here six years ago okay. um it was like, uh, my, my son was three months old when we moved I think I yeah. sold the gym in 2017 I think 2017 I sold the gym um yeah, a lot, a lot has happened. And, you know, I talked to a lot of people from the gym still here and there and people keep in contact, but nobody really, really, really knows what, what happened in my life, yeah. nor do I talk about it. I'm not as vulnerable on social media as I should be as a coach, but I've still, I still find ways, you know, I went on a Riverside podcast not too long ago and kind of talked about it and peeled some layers back. Um, but it's deep. I mean, people yeah. like, have no idea. And, you know, I, I should make it more apparent on social media. And I guess this, this podcast can kind of bring some of that out, but 
I mean, when I saw when I still see people on there tell me how good I'm doing right now, I'm just like, you have no idea what it took to get to where I am today. Like, and I don't say that very like to be like, look at me. Like I worked right. hard. Like half the time I didn't work hard. I didn't work hard at all. I drank a yeah. lot. I had a lot of empty conversations with myself in my <laughs> empty apartment looking to see if I could get another bottle. Um, it was really bad and for six months of my life um, leading up to uh, leading up to starting at that facility, that gym, I had to like, literally I was addicted to pills. And I didn't even know it. I wasn't doing it for the high. I didn't know it wasn't right. anything where I was just like, Oh, I'm going to take this. or I'm going to do this. Like it wasn't my drug of choice. I'd never, I broke my neck in 2003 <clears throat> and didn't like pain pills, but being on the railroad and sitting for hours and walking on the, the ballast for miles and miles in boots, like my shits and stopped working out. My shit was literally hurting. I went to my doctor and that started with like Percocets and from Percocets, it was like, cool, those worked for a minute. Now what? And <laughs> it literally like I had to go off the market and go find my own source. And that source was very, very bad. Um, I should have freaking been dead from it. And I thank mm. God and my and the people upstairs every single day <clears throat> that uh, I pulled out of it. And, and some of my best friends who literally were like, dude, Jake. And I, I didn't like I said, I had no idea. I had no idea how bad it really was. Nor will I ever probably, <laughs> thank God. Um, but yeah. to be able to walk away from it and now tell my story and help other people in addiction and recovery. Now I'm, <clears throat> you know, I think May, and I'll, I'll kind of get back to that, but May of this year was my last sip of alcohol. And it wasn't meant to be forever. It was literally just like I was over it. I was like, dude, this yeah. is serving me no purpose. And you know, when shit's not going your way, you got to switch some shit up. You got to get you got to get uncomfortable, you know? And yeah. that's what I did. I didn't, I, I haven't abused alcohol and probably got sent probably since then I wasn't a big drinker. I still got really drunk and I had some good nights, but, um, the less you start doing it, the more you realize it really does nothing for you except cause pain and money. Yeah. So, um, yeah, leading up into that, it was, uh, it, it's really what's got me to where I am now. Um, you know, not to really like lose focus on where I was, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but, um, totally cool. But yeah, the last five years have just been a shit show, shit show, and a great. You know, I got married, remarried at forty. I did two physique competitions when I was forty. Um, what else had happened? God, there's been so much. But I told, I told myself once I started slowing down when I, I knew I was turning forty. Business was doing good, but I knew there was more. <clears throat> I told Angela, who's now my wife, I, I knew we were getting married in Hawaii. I was like, I want to do a physique competition when I turned 40, she was like, okay. And I've never, you know me, I was never like the most shredded dude at CrossFit. Like, <laughs> but then again, I always drank and I always, you know, had tacos and all the stuff. So, but for me, I was like, as I got older, I was like, I don't care. I'm a better coach than I am uh, an athlete. Mm, you know, I was great yeah. at CrossFit, but I'm like, I don't want to be the best at exercising. Who the hell wants to be the best at exercise? That's just stupid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I knew I had to do something different and just change it up, especially growing an online business. So I just wanted to seed myself and I knew it would change something in here if I went to the extreme, like a physique competition and to put myself through that kind of challenge. So mm -hmm. that was probably the best thing I ever did for myself. That's kind of the pinnacle, like where everything was just like, okay, cool. Like, let's, let's get after this now. So, and then I ended up doing a second one. God knows why <laughs> the first one wasn't bad. The second one was even worse. But uh, I did the second one because I had a buddy who wanted some transform to transform himself mm -hmm. and I helped him and we were good. We were training together. And then like a month out, he's like, bro, I'm not going to do the comp. I'm like, dude, like, come on, man. So I ended up doing it by myself in Vegas, but it's all good. I'm actually doing another one here in a couple months, but yeah, for turning 40, getting married, 
and doing physique comps was really like kind of like a great last year was such a great year and i had no idea how how it upped that this year and this year i was more focused on finance and family um i got selfish in 2022 23 was more my daughters are getting older nine and ten now um really kind of committing to my career my job and helping as many people as i possibly could that's what this year has been focused on so um it was uh i think it was yeah may it was May because that's why I stopped drinking as well as I invested a lot of money into this company, JW fit, Justin Winslow fitness. Um, mm. I see it on my shirt. I was watching Justin. It's on your tit. What, yeah, it's on the T. It's on your tit. Yeah. That's where we like it. Um, <laughs> I had not personally known Justin, but we had mutual friends, which was Brandon Chappetti of bleeding through. He owned rise above. I don't know if you remember, I had rise above clothing in our gym that I sold his apparel. I think, and- I, think I remember that. Yeah. He had some really dope, really dope shit. And, uh, he was just a good dude. He was really good lead vocalist for bleeding through. Um, and anyways, so we had a mutual friend between him and I kept seeing a shit pop up and we were friends. I don't even know how we became friends on, on Instagram, but he would get on camera and he was very vulnerable and he was telling his story about addiction and where he came from and heavy metal dude tattooed up. I was like, this is my kind of people, you know? And then I just happened to reach out. I fell in his funnel and, um, I was like, I need to get on board with this. Like, I knew I could be an online coach, but I had no idea where to start. Like open a gym. I could turn key a gym and, and make it profitable easily. Online was a whole new game. Um, so I invested some money, got in the coaching community. At that point, I think we we're like 30 or 40 deep, great people from all over the world. I mean, we had Canadians, we have Canadians, <clears throat> Norway. Um, we just got our first clients in China, and you just hop on these zooms with these guys, man. And I, I don't even find it competitive. Everyone's like, isn't that competitive that you're like in this community with all these other online coaches? I'm like, well, you know how many people are in this world that need our help? I'm like, it's not a competitive. You learn off. Yeah. Who, who I'm going to train isn't necessarily going to be, you know, train like want the same trainer as this person. So everyone's got their own personality, their own avatar, their own, who they're seeking. Like I could probably pull, you know, some clients, but not everyone's going to want to work with me. Not everyone's right. going to want to work with this guy. So we have to have that that diversity. So it was just such a cool community. I just got down. I dug, I just started running my ads, building my content, building second life fitness. And, um, the occasion occurred where, um, I had the opportunity to join their leadership team. So two months ago, I was brought in as their sixth leader in JW fit, which has been such a blessing for my family and I, and something I've worked so, so hard for. I was always those guys like, man, how'd that dude do it? How'd that dude do it? Why is this guy getting lucky? Like I'm doing everything. I'm crossing my T's. I'm dotting my eyes. I'm like, I'm not drinking. I'm not partying. I'm staying home. Like I'm being the dude, you know, and my wife just kept telling me, she's like, something, something's going to give, you know? And she even told me before, before I got brought in, you know, she was praying for something drastic to help or to happen because she'd seen the amount of work I was doing side jobs. I was just doing everything a man should do to provide for his family. And I'm like, I was so close to just giving up on the online coaching. It's such, I don't want to say it's a very hard market, but I just was like, am I meant for this? Like I was bringing in clients. I was doing very well. I treat my clients good, but it wasn't like, it wasn't paying the bills where I needed to at that moment. It was doing good. But I'm like, there's got, again, here I am. I'm like, there's got to, there's got to be something greater for me out there. How can I put myself out there to serve as many people as I possibly could in this world? And I say it so much that that's all I want to do. Like literally I live, I live for other people like to see their success yeah. and what, what I've been through and to pull myself out of them. Like, if I can do it, you sure the fuck can do it. Yeah. And when I got that, when I met up with them in Orange County and they brought me in the five of them and they're like, Hey man, we want you part of this. Um, you know, he, he waved off uh, an investment of mine and 
gave me a signing bonus and literally started just building my office with me. And the dude is just such a, all five of these guys are just such great mentors living for a purpose. And that's my whole thing is rebuild with purpose. So it was such an honor to be brought in and then think of me out of, at this point now there's over hundred coaches in our industry. We've got over, I think 160 coaches now or something like that worldwide. We are the fastest growing online company now to be able to still brand my brand second life, to be an online coach, but now to design and lead and mentor other coaches. It's just like, yeah. it's like That's every so person, cool. every part, every person in the industry's dream to do this, man. And I watched the amount of work these guys <clears throat> put in, um, which now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm up at three 30 AM and I go to bed at nine o'clock, nine 30, sometimes 10, if I'm feeling a little, little froggy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> from, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I'm working, I'm working, so trying to find balance with family and stuff like it's so I would rather be doing it here in this office. I wish you, like for those of you guys that seen what I've built in this office, it's like this is my home, but I don't want to shut it off for my family. But it's been, um, you know, like you said, living such a different world than five or six years ago when you're at that gym. It's just so much shit has happened to me yeah. for me um, just to build me up for this moment. It's been yeah. I hate sounding so dorky and cliche, but it's like it's literally no. like, I, I get emotional. I get emotional because people don't understand. I mean, they don't, when we were at KO CrossFit and athletics United, it was just, yeah, everyone's happy. And we're lifting weights (laughs) to this metal music and I'm drinking my protein and we're doing the things. And nobody really knows like how much shit I went through at that moment in my life up until about three years ago. It's just been, it's been a fuck fest. It's like, I would have never, I would have never guessed. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I, I should get more emotional or vulnerable, but it's no one's business. I don't want no one to feel bad for me. People have it so much worse than I've ever had. And again, yeah. that's why when I'm sitting there and I was broke and I was, you know, I had to move back in with my folks at 30. I'm like, at least I have a home to go to. At least I have yeah. my parents to bring me back into. Um, I mean, shit, it was the first time I lived at home since I was probably 18 ever. I mean, I was 18 years old and left the house. I was 17, left the house, mm-hmm. moved into the band house. I was on tour by the time I was 19, went on tour for an eight years with Mantis. And, um, I was solo ever since. So like to have that gap, that's almost what 20 years, like literally yeah. I was out of the house. So, but people, you know, I, I remind myself how much, how much more people have it worse than I do, you know? And that's really why I do what I do every single day. Shit out of my heart, yeah. you know, pay it forward. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's very inspiring too. I'm at the the very beginning. Beautiful Beast Within Studios is like brand new, even yeah. though it was born in 2015. Yeah. Um, I I've just spent this entire year just busting my ass. And I'm at I'm in the point right now where um so I do I do life coaching, but I work with people who have a history of disordered eating and disordered exercise patterns, because that was me when yeah. I was at CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> so um so I'm just, I'm in that, like, I compare it to internship where I'm just like, you get a coaching package and you get a coaching package. And I'm just like coaching yeah. all these people for free. And it's just, yeah, just watching people change sometimes even in just one session is that's enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's, that's inspiring in itself because ultimately that's what we all are. Would any, anytime you're helping somebody, it's, and I don't claim life coach, but I mean, that's really what I am. I'm not an online yeah. fitness trainer. I'm not an online fitness coach. I am a life coach. I am, yeah. you know what I mean? At the end of the day, the root problem is our mind and our mindset. 
And once we overcome your mindset, you're fucking capable of anything. And people just don't realize that. So many people look for that instant gratification that they see in social media has brought such a presence to people, how easy it is when it's fucking not. And yeah. that's why I love, I love sometimes showing my, um, you know, my, my disadvantages or like I just did my TRT post and I really was sitting there hesitant. I'm like, why would I do this? And I'm like, for the longest time since I was 32, it was on testosterone and I was always like too embarrassed. Like it was some big deal. And I talked to so many dudes now in their forties, like being an old ass man. Now it's like, I watched a couple of my homies and they're just like, man, I'm tired. And I like this and the sex. And I'm like, have you been tracked for your testosterone? He's like, why would I do that? And I'm like, because you drink like fucking hell. You drink, you eat like shit. You don't exercise. Mm -hmm. You told me you don't want to fuck your wife. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, it's probably time to get your shit checked, dude. And they'll come back a couple weeks later and like, bro, like I was so low. And I'm like, I told you. So it's just little things like that. Like I'm trying to kind of come out a little bit more and talk about stuff that people don't talk about yeah. and hit those buttons. Like not even for business. I don't even need another client, but just to like another way of helping people is really like the, the goal there. So I think yeah. the more vulnerable I am, the more, the more I can help people, I guess would be the yeah. best way to say it. But well, that's sick. Like if I could give you advice for the podcast is like, don't fucking stop and do it with all of your heart. Yeah, that's I won't. I mean, the podcast, especially this, this baby was born in. I want to, I always forget 2018 or 2019. And then yeah. it was a three year break. Cause I got into a job where like I was the walking, living, breathing definition of, I don't have enough time. And so that whole like everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. I'm like, fuck that. I didn't how you had That's no me. time. That's me. Now <laughs> yeah. I hear that, but now I hear that shit. I'm like, wake up earlier. Go to fucking bed yeah. later. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I was getting up at 1 30 a.m. and going to bed at six. And so I was like full time running a shipping department and yeah. then coming home and being full time mom. Like I just I had to like pick and choose when and where, like yeah, it was just, yeah. it was bad. Where was I going with the story? I totally lost my train of thought. I had a baby once, so sometimes I forget. <laughs> just love, we were talking about life coaching in general. Um, yeah. Giving your oh, time. we were talking about the podcast. So I put yes. it on hold for three years. And then um, in the midst of my, I don't have time, I'm like, well, I can do a podcast episode once a month. And then that kind of started things back up. And then I was like, well, yeah. I can do this thing. And then I did yeah. that. And then the mix of that and then all the stress that was going on at work um it was a very toxic work environment mm -hmm. and i was like losing my hair i wasn't getting enough sleep for like six years <laughs> it's yeah. just bad and finally my husband i worked with my husband he goes if you need to give your notice today do it because mm. it's clearly messing with your health i'm like damn oh you mean we're not going to be broke if because you know we'd been broke in the past so the mindset sure. was if i quit my job we're going to be broke yeah and we're not we're not broke yeah. got it we don't have like a bunch of extra money like we used to but i'm i'm i would give that up again yeah you know yeah just for what i'm doing now i'm a completely different person than i was like seven months ago Awesome. So, yeah. It's uh I tell people so much and like you I hate being that guy. It's like we all get the 20 same 24, but <laughs> I've literally been through it. Like I've been through it and people just aren't willing to sacrifice like, you know, the good for the great. It's really right. like it's it's almost fucking sad and not everyone's built the same as you or I or other people. 
they just can't get out of that fucking shell. They can't get out of that routine. And I've been so fortunate. You know, I had to talk with my buddy, really my best friend since middle school. We don't see each other as much, but we talk almost every week. <clears throat> and he was giving me shit when, you know, we were just kind of living paycheck to paycheck. I was trying to build this. And, you know, he kind of said I was selfish. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, bro, don't like, you don't want like a razor and like this. I'm like, what do you mean? Like we, we go to, I have a boat and we do the things. He goes, yeah, dog, but you know, you're not, you're not putting in the hours. And I'm like, just cause I'm not punching into a clock doesn't mean I'm not doing stuff. He's like met from home. Really? Like how much can you really do? And I'm like, and he's sitting there just punching the clock, work 12 hour days. He is, he is the man. Like I give him credit. He works his ass off and he's been doing mm -hmm. it since he was in his twenties, but I'm different. I, I left my house at 17 to go start a rock and roll band. When everyone told me you're really dropping out of college to go fucking play in a heavy metal band, including some of my best friends. I'm like, yeah. Where do you think you're going to go with this little band? All right. My mom even said back then, she was just like, thank God for them. They're, they're the raddest people. But my stepdad and my mom both looked at me and they're like, Hey, if you can make a career out of this, like within the next year and you're making the smart decision to drop, literally I dropped out of college two months before finals. Like I was like, this is a waste of time. This is mm. I'm going fucking nowhere quick and spending money. I didn't have. And I looked at my mom and I was like, I will have a record contract and we will be signed within this, you know, this perimeter. And that's literally when everything just exploded. We ended up being on MTV's Battle for Ozfest. We got signed by Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne. And I remember it wasn't a year to the day. It was a little bit after. It was pretty fucking close. We played the house. It was right after the TV show launched. We booked the House of Blues in Anaheim with a bunch of other local bands. We were the headliners. And sure shit like within a week we sold the house of blues in anaheim completely out i don't remember what the if anyone's ever been to a, a show at house of blues the old one it's a lot of fucking people and we i remember getting, i remember getting my my parents vip i got them the, the seat up on the booth or up, uh, on the top balcony my grandma was there my uncle was there and by the time mantis went on the place was just fucking erupting and like i it was the biggest show we had not the biggest show we'd ever played but for our home for our home area it was pretty big like we did the glass house we did showcase we did all the places but to be at the house of blues anaheim downtown disney it was pretty emotional and i just remember our first song just started and i'm like getting goosebumps because you could just see the floodlights hit the crowd and like i could see the entire crowd and i just see my mom and my stepdad just looking at me like, what the fuck, dude? Like, who <laughs> is this guy? And it was just the raddest fucking feeling. Because then after, like, we went out to our merch booth and we were just got swarmed. We were signing autographs for, like, an hour. People were, like, it was, like, Michael Jackson shit, but in, like, the heavy metal scene. Like, yeah. I've never seen it before. And I'm, like, fuck, we did it. You know, and, like, I remember, like, giving my parents money, being, like, here, here's my, I got a signing bonus. But that was just feeling. But that's that's where I was leading to with this is, like, I, my whole life people have been, like, why are you doing that? You're not going to make it. Even when I bought yeah. the gym, like, you know, I had people tell me like, when are you going to stop with this hobby? Like what the yeah. fuck do you mean? I'm a gym owner. Like what more do you want from <laughs> me? I, I fucking own a business in Riverside. Yeah. Like, uh, but it's like, that's what fuels me is when people tell me I can't, it's the same shit. It sounds cliche, but it literally is like, tell me I can't and I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. So since I've been at that age in the band, that's, what's given me that mindset is literally I've turned a garage band and I say, I, there's five of us, but I did a lot. Like I broke my going through all that. I broke my neck in 2003. And I, I was the one that told the dudes like, Hey man, I got to, that this is where second life came from was literally when the doctor, when I broke my neck in 2003, I broke my C4 and C6. They went through my front vocal cord 
And they literally told, I was 21 years old. They told me I'd never, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, I scream. And they're like, you'll never scream again. I had like, they paralyzed my mm-hmm. vocal cord. I couldn't talk. I literally was like, like the godfather for months. And I was so fucking depressed watching Mantis play without me for those six months. One day my voice came back and that's when I was like, hey, dude, we're going on fucking tour. This is my second life. Like, and second life ahead was our second nice. song on our, on our freshman album. So that's how long second life has been around is getting second chances. And this is where my mindset's always been. Um, but even like when the band broke up and I was, everyone's like, what the fuck are we going to do now? Like, what do I do? Do I go do construction? I'm like, you know, I fucking love cooking. Like I want to open a restaurant. Mm. I was good friends with Gary Romano. He owned all the Romanos. Um, I, I was cooked there for many years and I was like, you know, it'd be really fun to just open a bar grill, have some bands play fucking. So I went culinary school. Well, out of culinary school, I got offered a, a I uh, sous chef position at a five-star restaurant at San Manuel. It was like unheard of that someone in that position could get to that ranking so fast and be able to accomplish becoming a, a, a chef at a five-star restaurant straight out of culinary school. I went and got, you know, personal training. I got my CPT certified personal trainer certificate. You know, three months later, I'm the pers- personal trainer director. <laughs> three months after that, I'm a manager. Three months after that, I'm the affiliate owner of CrossFit. You know, a year after that, I own a gym. So really, it's like I just once I put my mind to some shit, that's what I tell people so many times. I'm like, you just got to fucking want it bad enough. Like, you know, yeah. and once you get it, you got to <clears> fucking <throat> work even harder to keep it, you know, and that's what I'm learning right now is you cannot cannot let your foot off the pedal. Um, I've just been fortunate to just have that work ethic. And like, I just never wanted to be punch in, punch out, clock in, clock out. I don't I take orders. I listen, but I don't mm-hmm. I want to be my own boss. I want to be able to take yeah. my daughter's to the river on a Thursday and not have to ask for time off in advance. You know what I mean? So uh, going back to my story with my buddy, like just recently, you know, after like years of him giving me shit, you know, don't you think it's selfish? Why don't you go get a real job? Like what the fuck you doing, man? It's not fair to your family. Like, bro, like, don't you want to make more money? And I'm like, dude, money's money's always going to be there. You can always have money. It's like, but I can't ever get my daughter's time back. I can't ever get my family's time back. I can't ever, you can't get memories back. You know what I mean? Just memories at that point. So I told him, I'm like, bro, that's nice. You're making all that money, bro. But when the fuck do you spend it? You get one day off a week. You get three weeks of vacation a year. Like, tell me how that is success, dude. You have to ask your boss. Like, you he couldn't even come to my, my grandma's funeral uh, because he couldn't get the time off. And I was like, bro. So finally, he reaches out after all this. And, you know, I got the, the leadership thing. And he's like, man, I just want to tell you I'm proud of you. He's like, I'm so fucking burnt out. I need to find something else to do. I can't keep going this way. Yeah. And I go, bro. I've been telling you, you know, and that's really my point of this whole story is no matter what your age is, no matter what you're going through in life, there's always something better. There's always something. And it's up to you to make it. No one else is going to fucking do it for you. Like Justin, Justin wasn't going to just reach out to me if I didn't put the fucking work in. You know what I mean? Yeah. He fucking saw, even though I was struggling, he fucking saw the work I was putting out. I was helping the coaches already. Like, that's just me. Like, I will take my shirt off anytime and give it to somebody who's in need of it. But I am the ultimate, like, example of don't fucking listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Do what you feel in your heart. And when you do that, do it 110%. And do it because you generally love doing it or you want to do it. I didn't get in online coaching. I didn't own a business to make money. Because we all fucking know gym owners don't make money. 
<laughs> you all know online fitness coaches yeah some of them floss you know most of these motherfuckers are renting Ferraris, renting lamborghinis rent houses rent airbnbs faking that they fucking made it bull yeah. fucking shit homie show me your fucking show me your transaction show me your bank statement yeah it ain't that easy and i knew getting into it it wasn't going to solve all my problems um but i knew what i was put on this earth for and it's to fucking help people and yeah. literally when you are that genuine and you live with abundance like this, it's shit. Good shit's going to happen to good people. And I'm a firm fucking believer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that about you. Cause, um, so many people, including myself in, in my coaching community, um, we need coaching on how to change from the employee mindset to the entrepreneur mindset. Yep. Um, I was, it was hard for me because I've always been a rule follower Mm -hmm. And the thing with being an entrepreneur is there are no rules. Yeah. <laughs> like you make your own fucking rules. That's that's so, a fucking that is the hardest yeah. thing I've had to is like systems and following your own rules. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, trust yeah. me. Um, it's so it's it's so true that you say that too because it's like that's probably one of the hardest transition is some, some people just don't they can't figure it the fuck out. Like some people need to be told what to do, and that's not a bad thing. By mm -hmm. that was me and that i was, was and i have when yeah. i worked on the railroad when i did certain you know even when i was as a personal trainer like i had to clock in clock out do the things but you still get to make your own hours <clears throat> and i'm not against anybody who lives that life fucking more power right. to you but if you generally are unhappy if you hate what you fucking do if you hate your boss if you hate your coworkers, if you hate sitting in traffic if you hate living paycheck to paycheck fucking do something about it yeah don't be bitch like i tell people all the time don't be a bitch i love it. <laughs> I, there's no i'm i'm 40 i'm gonna be 42 i have no reasons to like be behind the bush like even with my clients like when i when somebody hits me up to to you know be one of my clients or something i tell them straight up like i'm like you got to put in the fucking work i'm your coach but at the end of the day you got to fucking show up you got to show up for yourself you got to show up for your family you got to show up for your money like get after it and i'm still far i'm still a sponge like anything I do, yeah, you know, I'm still a sponge. I learn every single day. Like my art director, Steve, like I never picture myself as a graphic designer or making ads or making content or creating content for somebody else. Like the only reason I was good at what I did is because I fucking did it myself. When I owned a gym, I didn't have money to pay somebody to make my logos and make my designs and make my art because guess what? I would have had to charge my members more fucking money. I would have had to do annual fees. I would have done all the shit that I was against as a gym owner. Yeah. And again, that bit me in the ass like later on. But guess where it put me now? Making all of our flyers, all of our member bring a friend week, made all the fucking yeah. the graphics on Instagram. That's how I joined. <laughs> I see? Yeah. I mean, I literally, um, you know, my my boy LJ, Lee, um, mm -hmm. Adrian, they can all do they sat there and watched me just dick around on that computer and just make this stupid. And I, I, it probably has to go back to like Mantis or even my punk rock days in high school when I was like hand drawing our like kegger parties or like our, my, the first cassette I ever recorded, I was 13 years old, band called Hectic. We literally recorded with um, these old, my, my dad, my real dad's old headphones. We like crossed them and like hung them up on the ceiling fan in a bedroom and plugged it, stretched it all the way, wrapped it and plugged it into a karaoke machine and hit record. And that's how we recorded our like five song demo. But like literally there's like, we made a hundred cassettes. I hand wrote hectic and then the song names on the back. And then the little sticky piece that went on the cassettes, uh -huh. this white sticky tablet. 
like wrote the songs out on there hand for hand, a hundred of those. So I guess that's where my, my uh, creative <laughs> content came from. But I mean, literally do I tell people, I'm like, fucking just do it yourself. Like when all else fell, it's just fucking do it. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we got to do. Yeah. But, and I kind of like some of the things, cause I'm, I'm still in the do it yourself. I can't afford to pay anyone yet, Yeah, but it will come. Yeah. Um, but like some things, I I question like when I do get help, which ones do I want to give up? Because I like the podcast. I love yeah. editing the podcasts. It takes a lot of time, but I love doing it. Yeah. Um. I love making my my stupid little quote cards that I post on Instagram. You know, I I love editing videos. Um. So I have to figure out what I want to keep doing and what I want to um. What's the Pass word? Off. Thank Pass you. On. Yeah. Pass pass off. Off. Yeah. And that's not bad. Like we're all, we, everyone's got a little alpha in them and it's hard to like pass some shit off. And I do it all the time. Like I have writer's block. I'm not, I'm not the best graphic designer. I'm not the best person in the world to do these things, but I'm doing it my way. And it's just like your Instagram post. Some people are like, I don't want to post. Well, it, it, can I post that? Can I do this? It's like, post it. You are, this is yours. You're the CEO of your business. Yeah. You can post whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. Is it going to hit? Maybe not, but it's even the world of like online fitness and like running ads on meta. It's like, I've, we've spent time and time just making these ads look so dope and awesome. And they're, the shots are dope and sick and it does shit. But then there's one that we did like some baby shit that we did in Canva that took five seconds and it fucking hit. Yeah. You don't know. It's just like TikTok and YouTube. It's like, you watch the stupidest shit go viral. It's like, how? Like, I was just doing <laughs> like before I got picked up with JW, like, I was like making stuff and I was so sympathetic and I'm just like, Hey, if you need help and you're struggling and like, it got like five views and literally I flipped the next thing. And it's like this overweight dude outside of McDonald's. He was like a McDonald's worker. He was like overweight dude. And he was just dancing in the parking lot. He had like 5 million streams. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? <laughs> like I was so pissed. I was like, the dude was funny. I give him credit. I watched it. I was like maybe 501 million, million viewer millionth viewer. But I'm sitting, I'm like, oh my God, dude, I'm like sitting here starving, trying to feed my family. Like we're living check to check. I'm like a, a two car payments behind for some dumb reason. And I'm like struggling to make content and I'm putting out the best shit I possibly can. And I just go to the next TikTok and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> There's fucking McDonald's worker dancing in the parking lot. Yeah. Just hit a million, like five. He's getting paid for that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Insane. So moral of the story is literally like it just takes one post it just takes one person's visit it just takes one story post like yeah you don't put it out there you don't know and i tell yeah. like working with all these these coaches right now they're like well if i'm like i don't know what to say and i get shy like i couldn't do this a year and a half, like a year ago you and i talking like this i literally was like the most shy and i was like but dude you play in front of thousands of people man so i'm like that's different, different. I was drunk. Okay. I was on a stage with five of my brothers, like talking to someone one-on-one -on -one and being honest and open. And I think not to go off subject, but I think sobriety and now living such a clean life and living in such abundance mm -hmm. and like helping so many people has built the confidence for me to have a conversation with somebody about generally like my purpose and passion. Cause yeah. a year ago I was a fake. I was like, I loved helping people. Don't get me wrong. I was a great coach, but I was internally fucked. You know, well, I should say a couple of years ago, I was internally and mentally fucked. Like yeah. I could not get out of my own head. I'd try and do a story on Instagram, delete, delete, delete. Finally, fucking, I'm not posting that. Why? Yeah. Because I wasn't confident. My like I wasn't yeah. I wasn't who I am today. And it, without those struggles, 
I wouldn't be able to sit here and talk to you. Like, literally, if I was hungover right now, I'd be like, Del Taco. I want Del Taco. I want Del Taco. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Yeah. It's a stupid example, but it's been so long since I've had Del Taco. Spicy chicken burrito. <laughs> Dude. And, and I'm not fucking, I tell people so much. Every time you hear my story, I'm like, I'm not perfect. I struggle with my demons. And do I, do I ever want to do drugs again? No. I mean, sometimes it sounds good. Like maybe microdose or something, you know, but like to be anxious and depressed and uh, not productive and not doing what I was put on earth to do, which is help people. Like I can't help people if I can't help myself. So what the fuck good am I? And that's my message to a lot. I tell people and like, they're like, do I need to stop drinking to be a coach? I'm like, you ain't gotta do shit. I'm like, but if you're trying to help people live a better, healthier life, we should probably start, you know, like cleaning some shit up you know, or at least yeah. cut back on some stuff. So I really want to give credit to like where credit's due. And that's just finally just being fucking like real authentic, authentic and fucking authenticity. Real. Cause I used to sit there and think like, well, what, what are they going to say about me? And I'm like, dude, I'm a good dad. I'm a good husband. I'm a fucking hell of a cook. I can scream my dick off and I, help, <laughs> and I fucking, I am. I'm a pretty good vocalist. If you guys don't know, <laughs> <laughs> i just got this mental picture. oh my god <laughs> off um but uh yeah so what were you saying no uh but you, you know your dick <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah scream my dick off um but yeah dude at the end of the day if if i'm just not real with people and i'm just not who i am i'm not putting on a fake i'm i'm a fucking 42 year old father I've lived such an incredible life. I have so many life experiences and everything has come full circle for me to express that to other people. So that's why I think it's so easy for me to now to talk to people like that. And I'm on fucking zooms all day with so many people, but I like literally I'll be sitting there like a hundred people on the screen. I'm like, fuck the fuck. I still get a little bit nervous, but two, three years ago, like that's not me because I wasn't living that life. I was like, yeah. I was living it, but I was like, not fake it till you make it. But I was not 100% authentically me. Now I can see her without conviction and say, I don't drink. You know what I mean? I am yeah. here to serve people and help people and, and make people better. Um, all my shit show experiences and life struggles have put me to where I am to, to do what I do. Yeah. 100%. So that's what I say to you. Like getting started is like, yeah, just do you. If someone's like, why did you like, or we just talked about like, why do you cuss on your podcast? I mean, shut the fuck up. No, <laughs> I fucking but, want to. But you know what I mean? It's it's one of those things like we just discussed, like, hey, you probably shouldn't like, yeah, there's a time and place to shut your mouth and not cuss or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, for the why Don't shit on me. Yeah. <laughs> like my wife was yeah. saying it. She always gives me shit because I literally am like, I'm like Steve Jobs when it comes to like your outfits. Like I literally wear the same fucking thing every day. And people have always like made a comment. I'm comfortable. Like I put some sleeves on today just mm -hmm. for this, but like I walk around 24 seven with a sleeveless shirt, some gym shorts and my vans, you know what I mean? Like literally. And I like people tell me that I'm like, dude, like you wear the same shit. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I am comfortable. And it's less I have to think about. I know yeah. when I go to the gym at fucking four 30 in the morning, I know exactly what I'm going to put on. I know I'm not going there to fucking impress people. I'm not going there to look good. Yeah. I mean, obviously I want to be clean. I shave and do my thing, but <clears throat> Yeah, and, and I brand myself. I wear my Second Life shirts everywhere I go because that is who I am, and that is who I want to represent. I want everybody cool. to know what the fuck Second Life is, you know? Yeah. So yeah. so that's that's a big thing, and that's you know part of marketing and content and all the good shit. I'm thinking of making some beautiful Beast Within t-shirts now. Let me know. 
you know, I got you on the marketing side. Sweet. Yeah, That's I could cool. definitely. I mean, you invite. You were nice enough to to invite me on this and tell my my little old story. Um, yeah. But I'm glad. I'm glad I went back and watched some, like not your full episodes, but I was just checking out some of your stuff. But mm-hmm. we all start somewhere. And yep. you know, I can't say it enough. Like, if you truly believe in this, fucking go full throttle. Yeah. And I think I can help a lot of people too, honestly. Um, There's so many people like, so like when I was at CrossFit, Mm -hmm. um, I was over exercising, under eating and not losing weight. I was teaching spin classes, um, nine classes a week and not losing weight, but I didn't understand the concept of adaptation yet. Like I didn't understand that my body was adapted to burning that many calories. I'm like, Oh, so what do you do when that's not working? Add CrossFit. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, my body was exhausted and, and yeah, yeah. but, um, had I never been there, I would not own a barbell right now (laughs) in in my gym downstairs. Like I fell in love with the barbell at KO. So, that's good. Do you still yeah. talk to Megan? Oh yeah, we're still yeah. in the band together. <laughs> I was just—that was my next question. I know I, I yeah. saw something on your page. I just didn't know how recent it was, and you always wonder. But that's so freaking cool. I haven't talked to her in God, I don't know how long. That's cool. Yeah. Like I said, I talked. Yeah. I talked to some of those people. Still, a lot of them. Uh, most of them went to another CrossFit gym, which I'm so glad to see the community still flowing up there, and yeah, people still doing what they love. Um, yeah, it's cool. But I'm in my own business now. I'm in my own lane. You know what I mean? It's like I said, it's family and finances now. And um, I check in. I do a lot of check-ins. Um, people I haven't seen or talked to in a long time. If I just happen to pass by, what I try and do now is like, if I go through someone's page or just whatever, I try and just maybe just send hi. What's up? How are you doing? Yeah. Something so simple because like, you know, with everything that's been having, that's good. You know, there's bad shit coming. Like I just lost my grandma a couple months mm-hmm. ago. She was she was the last like link to my real dad. She was the Sorokman. So crazy story. Um, I lost my dad when I was two. Then his brother, my the oldest uncle, uh, he passed when I was like early teens. Mm-hmm. And then the third brother um, passed some maybe 12 years ago, 13. No, like 2008-ish, somewhere around there. So my grandmother outlived her husband and all three of her sons. Wow. She was just the raddest soul. And shit you not, she's from Colorado. I think probably since the age of 16, she probably has never gone a day without a, a beer. Wow. We, called, we called her Keystone Keystone Mary. <laughs> her Keystone was her drink of choice. But literally <laughs> up, up until she passed, she would have her Keystone. Like literally the last time I saw her, about four days before she had passed, she was drinking a Keystone. She's just, she was so awesome. But yeah, I know for everything that happens when, when life is doing well, it just yeah. wants to kick you in the dick and, and be like, no, suffer. You know, it's just now it's yeah. a different, now it's just a different way of dealing with those demons before it would be a rack up a big old line and then drink a bunch of alcohol. And now it's, you know, there's certain ways to yeah. handle that shit. And I've, and it's nice to finally feel at peace to not have to go to that. You know, um, when bad shit happens, the first thing on my mind is, helping someone <laughs> it's it's so yeah. it sounds so lame but it literally is like i have i have justin i have dane i have scotty i've got steve and and um you know these guys to to pick you up and that's what's cool about being in this community of coaches because we attract mostly addicts people that have yeah. fucked up stories <clears throat> so it's good when i'm doing these zooms because even if or when if i ever had a thought i know the minute i get on these zooms it would be like Ooh, 
all right, I don't feel like having that no more, you know? Yeah. Because you just help somebody and you don't, or you'll get that DM from one of the coaches like, thank you so much. Like we had three content calls last night and some stuff and woke up to a bunch of thank yous and some coaches that were like, man, I appreciate everything you do. It's so great to be part of, you know, and it's just like, fuck, there it is. It's like that CrossFit community game, but it's online. Yeah. It's, it's really ridiculous. cool. It's fucking cool. Yeah. So I want to, I want to speak to, um, you were talking about check-ins, um, just for the listeners, like he really does check in. I, I was in a very low mental state one time and I was like, you know, <laughs> I don't know if anyone does this, but you're sobbing and scrolling, sobbing yeah. and scrolling. Oh yeah. And I don't even remember what your post was, but it, it got me out. It like snapped me out mm. of it. Yeah. And I comment, I don't even remember what I commented and he checked on me. He's like, Hey, what's up? What's going on? You okay? And I'm like, yeah. thank you. No, dude. <laughs> Sometimes we just need, um, that, the a friend you know yeah. to check I, on it i just did the same thing I'm, i won't say her name for privacy reasons but i saw she was like liking my stories and she was a member at the crossfit gym for a very long mm -hmm. time and she, she's not very active on social media but she just kept liking my stories and then one day she'd ask me what the book was we do our book quote which engages and you know helps people engage and it helps me i have a system i'm not going to go too off, off track but <laughs> when i see some people and there's like What's up with all the motivational quotes and the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, asshole, it's not for you. Well, that's my shit. That's my reminder. It's my Instagram page. And I tell people, I'm like, you don't like my shit? Unfollow me. Exactly. This is not your page. I'm not looking to impress yeah. people. You and know don't I mean? announce your departure. Just go. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to unfollow you. Unfollow. Thanks. Thanks. I'll here. <laughs> let me do it for you. Block. Bye. Um, but <laughs> I tell people, my sister gave me shit one time as proud as she is. I mean, she's like, Dude, Mr. Quotes, like motivational guy. I go, look, Kelly, that's my path. That's my system every morning. Because what I do is I have a system. I don't check my phone. I don't fucking let anybody dictate my day. I am the creator of my day. I am in charge of how that day is going to go about. My affirmations, my gratitude, my, my, my book quotes. So when I find these motivational quotes, I find them the next day. Or I, like usually at night. And I'll help my wife find them too. If I come across something or a quote I like, I save it. And then I remind myself that next day, that's, that's the temp, that's the way I'm going to live that day. Or that's, what's going to like force that day to come. If I said that right. So, um, I wake up in the morning and I make my, like, I don't look at, I don't scroll through anyone's shit. I don't check my notifications. Uh, we have like a, a leadership thread and I'll, I'll check in with the boys at like three 30. We're like, it's like a pissing mm -hmm. contest. Like, Hey, what up assholes? Um, <laughs> but I'll set that motivational quote and that'll be like my post around four 30 AM. Then I open my book, whatever book that is I'm reading at the moment, and I'll read a couple pages, <clears throat> and then I'll find that quote that I love from that book, and that kind of sets the pace of the rest of my day as well. So I post I like those that. two things, then I do that. So I tell people, I'm like, I'm not posting that to be like, ooh, la, la, my life is perfect, because many, many people know it's not, <clears throat> at least if they know me personally, they know what I've gone through. Um, it's my post to set my pace for the day. Same reason I make my bed every day. Same reason yeah. I make my daughter and my wife lunch and or, uh, pack my daughter's lunch and I make my wife's breakfast every morning. These are my systems. These are my gratitude. This is my my way of just doing all my shit. And yeah. obviously, it's fucking helped. So yeah, so when people like talk shit like Mr. Motivational, I'm like, fuck you. Like you don't know me. Like you yeah. obviously, you obviously don't know. It's always been rainbows and sunshine over here, pal. Um, and not a lot of people <laughs> do. No one talks shit. But just getting those messages from those coaches, just like how much I've influenced them or just like what you just told me, 
Like that's yeah. why I do it. So going back to the, to the member, she just hit me up one day. She's like, what is the name of this book? And I give it to her. I go, listen, so-and-so it's not about the book. It's about the message. And the message of that day was what set my, she goes, I love that. This is what I'm going through. Well, long story short, she's now one of my clients and I didn't intend for that, but she needed yeah. somebody to help guide her with mine. And I'm not even taking clients. It just, we have a past from like the, the gym and stuff. Like anyone that comes yeah. with kale, like, let's do this. Um, it was more or less because she was really, really fucking hurting. And when she saw that post, it led to something more. And I've started unrailing that. Like we talked for weeks before she even signed up. Like I literally was like her guidance counselor for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, just helping her generally. Like I wasn't even trying to, like, I wasn't like, buy my program, do this, do that. Hey, it's right. this much. if you want to train with me, I didn't say shit about it. She kept saying like, Hey, I want to join your program. And I'm like, cool. Whenever you're ready, I know you're going through some shit. But that just goes to show exactly what you said. Like I do this shit just so it can maybe help that one person. I say it all the time. Every podcast I've done, every conversation, I can just help one person mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. I can die a fucking happy man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I haven't helped that person that day, I better treat my fucking wife with 110% because Boom. she deserves it. You know what I mean? If I <laughs> yeah. get to the end of the day, I'm like, fuck, did I help anybody? Babe, come here. What do you need? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I make her dinner every night. I try and that's, I don't, I don't really believe in all the, um, you know, what your love, love language or whatever it is. Oh, but yeah. for me, it's like gifting, like making her dinner is like my way of showing her love, like cooking. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, but that's, it. it's kind of crazy. You said that, man, because that's really how a lot of people have hit me up is just, man, they'll like people I haven't talked to. I'll see them in person and like, they won't comment. They won't like, they won't share. They won't, I don't even know they're fucking watching me on social media, but I'll see them somewhere like, bro, like that shit you said the other day, like, oh my God, man, that got me through. I'm like, why do you comment? They're like, oh, I don't, like, I don't even feel dumb. I'm like, bro, like, thank yeah. you. Same thing with Shake and Bake. Like, that's why I've canceled Shake and Bake a thousand fucking times. I'm like, dude, no one's watching Shake and Bake. I'll go to a party or we'll go out somewhere. Someone's like, Shake and Bake. I'm like, you, you watch, dude, I made like 15 year meals. I'm like, can you fucking share it? Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not trying to make a YouTube million bucks, but I'm like, just show me some love that you like are watching it. But yeah, even shake and bake. I mean, that's just another way of me just helping people. Like I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't trying to be the next food network star or whatever. Like I literally was like, I had some clients that are like, I what like do I make? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck Sally. I can't tell you one more recipe. And I'm like, let me just show you. And then like, I did the first one and someone was like, that's actually really good. And I'm like, really? I'm like, dude, that's a really good way to get your clients to fucking eat healthy. And I'm like, all right. And it was fun for me. So that's so cool. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because the 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 person who trained me in in life coaching, um, I he started as a coach in 2006. Mm-hmm. I think 2006 or 2007. I didn't reach out to him till 2016. Crazy. <laughs> Ten years later, I didn't comment. I was just like, we call him a lurker. I was just watching all his stuff and just soaking up all the information. Yeah. And I didn't reach out to him till 2016. And I didn't join any of his programs until 2018. Damn. So I'm like, you have to be like, if you're going to be in this, you have to be willing to, to speak to an empty audience because you, there are people watching. They're just yeah. not showing their face. Well, it goes back to the beginning of mantis i mean that first tour we went on that i booked for three weeks up to idaho i fucking remember it because i think we were broke by the time we got to idaho so we couldn't fucking buy beer we couldn't buy drugs and it just so happened we were playing at a titty bar 
<laughs> I didn't know I booked a titty bar. I wasn't mad about it. I was actually, we were kind of pretty stoked because we were kind of bored at that point. It was like we had a couple days off getting from Washington to Idaho. It was like a venue on one side and then a full blown, just like we're talking from dust hill dawn titty bar. Like it was like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, it was like the best of both worlds. Well, <laughs> but I remember it was in the middle of fucking nowhere. I don't even know how I found this place. I mean, you got to remember there was no Instagram back then. I don't even know if MySpace was out yet. I, no, mm. maybe, yeah, 2000, 2004. So yeah, I was beginning stage. Yeah. There was MySpace, right? <clears throat> I don't know how I booked this. I think I had a buddy in Washington that may have done it. Actually, my buddy Joey, who's no longer with us. Um, mm. Anyways, long story short. We get to go play, and it looks like it's going to be a great venue. Stage is dope, but, dude, like, the first band goes on, there's fucking no one in the crowd. Mind you, we didn't know. Like, we weren't big then. Like, this was, like, before OzFest, before all the shit. We just were this shitty band from Southern California. We were good. Second band goes on. Third band goes on. We go on. All three of the bands left. We played in front of a bartender, two waitresses, and the fucking promoter. I'm not joking. And we went up there and we played like we're at Ozfest. Like we tore it up. We just played it. But that just goes to show like a lot of people would have given up on that tour. A lot of people would have been like, dude, this is too hard for us. We took that moment and we just had a good time playing with each other in Idaho. Literally, we got fucking, we ended up getting drunk. We got some beers from the guys. Like, I'm so sorry. No one's here. So they just fed us alcohol for like six hours. We got up on stage and we just played like there's a million people there. And that's the same mindset you have to go into your business is like, you have to be consistent. You have to keep yeah. showing up. You have to keep doing all the things because if I were to just stop playing that night and be like, fuck man, ain't no one ever going to come to our shows. We would have never been as big as we were in Mantis. So I take that same mindset. And I think that's what led me to leadership in JW fit was even at my brokest, even not signing up five clients a day, even not getting likes, shares, comments, posts. I literally kept showing up every morning. I did my book quotes. I did my motivation quote. I did my workout posts. I did all my other shit. If I wasn't posting, I was making content. I just showed up every fucking day. So that's literally what I tell people now being like, as in the the content creator and digital designer and all that stuff is you have to be consistent because you never know who the fuck is watching you. You're posting for two weeks straight. And then all of a sudden you just don't post for a week. And Bob from fucking North Dakota has been following you because he needed something and you guys connected on a level that he connected with nobody else. And then you just stop fucking posting. Guess where Bob's going. He's going to the next guy. And he's yeah. just the next dude. And that's exactly how this industry works. So yeah. Yeah. I want to add to that too. do shit that scares you. You uh-huh. know what I did yesterday for the first time that made me shit my pants when I would think about it. I did my first live. Oh, those are hard. Yeah. And, um, I was with, um, one of my other coach friends, no, two of my coach friends. And I just mentioned like, I can make videos all day long, but those used to scare me. Cause I thought, you know, my brain would say once I turn the camera on that everybody's watching now. And then I got over that because I'm, I can edit it. Yeah. Um, but it came out that she's like, we should go live someday. She's from, um, South Africa. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I'm scared of that. She's like, we're doing it today. <laughs> okay and then she made me sing and then i was getting requests to dance i'm like no that that'll be 10 video 10 lives from now (laughs) Mm. so but yeah i did that and and i didn't need as much toilet paper as i thought i would good girl (laughs) yeah diapers on and then i committed huh did you did you have depends on is that why no i just you know it was all over the bench that was outside 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Lives I was like, are... okay, this is cool. Let I'll do it a, a live every day until the end of January. Yeah. Lives are so. lives are rough. I don't do them. I <laughs> I remember the first time I did a live You're one. You're doing it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like oh i didn't tell you it's on the bottom in the small print you didn't read asshole um, <laughs> god i remember doing my first live when i became a health coach with angela and uh i had to speak on like we they did like these morning huddles i was like a couple hundred freaking mostly women in in the the health company we were doing it's a weight loss program it's super super dope angela still coaches on i'm still somewhat of a coach we help um but it was a lot of women and I was so fucking nervous. And I remember I took three shots of tequila at seven o'clock in the morning. And I wasn't an alcoholic. I wasn't trying to get fucked up. I was just so nervous. Trying to calm like, down. I was only drinking maybe like on the weekends, but this was like a Monday morning. But I'm like pacing back and forth. I'm like, oh my God. And all I had to do is just tell my story. I just had to tell my story. I lost 20 pounds in 30 days and this and that. And blah. I had it all down. I knew what to do, but I fucking hated going live. I hated talking on camera. And I remember like seven in the morning. I'm like, I have to calm down. Like I I'm so fucking nervous. I remember I took three shots. I'm like, fuck it. Let's see how this goes. Um, it was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> bad idea. Don't do that. <clears throat> Cause I had like three cups of coffee too and no food. So I was like, <laughs> um, but just looking back at that, how nervous, but I the, really, what it was is I just wasn't authentically myself. And I was so scared of what everybody was going to think and what I was going to say. And if I was going to fumble and, the more you you think about it, it's like so what if you fumble yeah so what if you lose your thought of training you just simply just go what the fuck was i talking about you know and i do that i've done that a lot now like there's been times yeah. i'm like and people love like, it because i'm thinking in my head while words are coming out because i'm not like i'm just trying to like i'm trying to say the right things that i think people want to hear instead of saying the things that they need to hear right and that's when shit changed for me i was just like i'd be talking to you and i'm like yeah, and this, but I'm thinking like, tell her about that one thing or tell her about, you know, and I'm like, well, why'd you tell her that stupid? And you know, it's like almost like, yeah. that's not all crazy. Like voices in here. But if you understand, it's like, <clears throat> I wasn't just chill and relax and just going, I fucked up. I've <laughs> lied. I've cheated, I've done drugs. I wasn't a good dad. Like, you know what I mean? And once you really put that shit out there, it's like, what are you going to say? That's not going to already hurt me. I've already been bankrupt. I've already gotten yeah. my ass kicked before. I've broken my fucking neck. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've lost my home. I've lost jobs. Like, what are you going to tell me? You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. nothing nobody can say to me that will break that will break me these days, you know? And yeah. it's taken a long time to be able to say that. You're the first person I've ever said that to. Like, there's nothing, you know? A death in my family is one thing. You know what I mean? That's going to crush me. That's something out of our control. But right. from here on out, anything I do, I'm in fucking control of it. You know? Yep. So whatever the person thinks about me, like we said, unfollow. Yep. You know how many fucking people I've blocked in my life because I didn't, <laughs> even, you know how many comments I've just deleted instead of, instead of like telling back, you know, and I, the, the old me used to sit there and go, man, that's so pussy. You didn't fucking comment back to that person. Or why don't you like toughen up? Or why don't you do this? It's like, I ain't going to let waste of time. I ain't going to let them bother my day. They don't fucking know me. Exactly. I did nothing personal. Now, if I did something personal to them and they came back with that kind of shit, that's one thing. But I know in my heart, I didn't do anything to that person. They're just an asshole. There's yeah. something inside of them that they need to get fixed. So a couple of the times, if I've known that's been the situation, I'll write them. I'll go, hey, dude, do you need help? Are you okay? 
you know, and Justin, my leader, I, I learned this from him is obviously the bigger you get, the more followers you get, the more fans you get, the more just people in, around you in your circle, the more haters are going to fucking come out. They're going to fucking just do everything they can because they're not, they're not okay with themselves. And, you know, we just had this talk, somebody commented on, on something and I wanted to retaliate. And he's like, why? He's like, why dude? And I'm like, you know why? I say it all the time. I was saying it long before in Mantis, we had to deal with it on our forums and being the heavy metal band on battle Frost fest. We were called sellouts. And I'm like, motherfucker, we're 21 years old trying to be rock stars. Like, we're playing Ozfest. Like, what if that's a sellout? Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I've been dealing with this kind of shit since we we're that, you know. So, but he's always he's really good at just getting under people, like as an ex-addict and speaker and stuff. It's like now we just try and find like there's a root cause why that person had to go out of their way to make somebody else feel miserable. Misery loves company, and mm -hmm. it's fucking truth. But we turn that into we can help this person because something is not. At, and something's not right for them just to come lash out at you like that like what did we, we know we didn't do anything personally we're not bad dudes we're really good dudes with big hearts trying to serve people so like we'll find that underlying thing that's like what the problem is and he's done really well at turning those people into coaches or clients and flipping their life around and really like i'm sorry man i was having a bad day fucking i was hung over this happened yeah. this happened. and we're like well why did i just you know I, I felt the need to lash out at you guys for no reason it's like bro like we're men, dude. Like, yeah. let's talk about this. So that's the mentality I have now. It's just like, I don't have time for that shit. You know, I left a yeah. lot of friends because it was just high school shit. I'm like, I don't need that. You know, I yeah. love my clients. I love my family. I love my dearest friends. But other than that, it's really like, you know, I love you for inviting me on here. But you're trying to do something better for the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know people... if you listen. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go for it. Go for it, please. I was just going to say, I don't know if you listen to the trailer, um, but the, the trailer that I have on Spotify is actually my intro for every podcast. And the whole thing is like, I want everybody to tell me their story, no matter where you're from. And if one person listens and can learn from it or be inspired by it, or maybe yeah. even change their life, then mission accomplished. Yeah. That's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> it's uh it's true in, you know, as much as I love technology in the world and we're, uh, you know, it's just, it's a shit show out there, but there's just so many fakes. There's just so many frauds and there's so many people that just make shit look to be so easy. And it's not that easy. Like yeah. life is fucking hard, dude. Like I've mentally checked out more times than I've, I've overcome like easily. Like it's, um, and it's cruel. It's a cruel world. And I feel bad for my daughters. My wife and I want to have our own baby. Like it's my stepdaughter. And then my, um, you know, we talked about having kids and I'm like, I just feel selfish bringing another child in this fucking world because mm -hmm. there's not enough of us. There's not enough of you and me. Yeah. For the amount of people out there. And if everyone just had the mentality of just doing things like being grateful and doing things out of their heart, we wouldn't have that many problems, but it's just, we're never going to overcome it. Like as much as I think, oh, I can help the world. I can change the world. Like I lost that mentality a long time ago. But like we said, we just help one person every single day. Yeah. And that person helps one person and so on and so forth. The ripple might effect. catch up to my yeah. kids one day. Who knows? Yeah. The ripple mm -hmm. effect hundred percent. And that's all we can do is teach our kids, teach your kids, teach whatever kids, teach our friends, our peers, just be a better fucking person. You can complain about politics. You can complain about, you can complain about everything in life. <laughs> yeah, dude. But I, you know, and I don't quote very many people, but I think it was Annie Frisella, man. It's just like, and I just lost my train of thought. Um, 
it literally is like it starts with you. Yep. Like stop bitching about politics. Stop fucking crying about how unfair this world is. Stop crying about racism. Stop crying about this and this and that and just be better. Like that yep. cup says, be a better fucking human. And yep. that's <clears throat> and I think that's why this year has become one of the best years of my life and the opportunity I've gotten is because I'm generally like, I want to be a better person. I know I'm not the best. I was an asshole for a very long time. I've always had the heart of gold. I've always served people, but deep down, I was still a dick. I would drink and I'd talk shit and I would do stupid shit. And I wanted to be like the funny dude that just like, you know, even if it meant hurting somebody, I've done it. So now just being able to say out loud, like I've done it. I've been there. I don't want to be that person ever again. Like, and that's really why I stopped drinking. I told you before, like when I, when I said this was my last drink, it was like, it wasn't a forever. It was like a for right now. And yeah. then that month, then I started doing like a lot of people like, Oh, I fucking put it up like 20 days sober. Cool. Jake. It's the first time I've ever counted on social media. And the only reason again, that was for me, that was to, to hold that to me. Cause then finally I'm like, maybe there, maybe I am better without it. Maybe I don't need it. Maybe I just should give it up. And is it still for everything? I don't know. Like, I still don't. I'm not an addict. I wasn't an addict. I mean, we're all addicts, but um, I haven't abused alcohol in fucking two or three years. You know, like it was really 2022. I kind of stopped. I drank four out of the 12 months. So I've gone long periods, but now just so much good stuff is happening and I'm helping so many people that I don't think I ever need to go back that road, you know? Yeah. So hopefully in a year, I'm not like, fuck, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) But I, uh, yeah, I, I even still say it. Like people are like, "Are you done forever?" And I'm like, yeah, "I think so. I don't think I, I think I could go the rest of my life without a sip of alcohol." Hundred percent. That, that's cool. the last thing. The last thing I think I did was like some micro dose on some mushrooms, which I used it for creativity, and positivity, and all the good stuff. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, I have no. I had no um, like side effects like days after or anything like that, but it's not something mm-hmm. I need every day to escape from reality or get more creative. The longer you go with sobriety, the more you, you know, I, I don't know how to say this. I'm not very good with these words, but the longer you go without certain substances, the more you realize like the, the power inside of you, I guess, if you say, you know, you yeah. can really see like alcohol is just a coping. Like I want to be the dude when I'm drunk and I want to like jump off buildings and fucking be like, yeah, <laughs> I want to be that guy sober. Like yeah. how do I become that guy sober? And the answer is by becoming that guy, I guess. Yeah. That, that fucking makes sense. I mean, metaphorically, that's kind of what you're doing. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I want to have I want to be as confident as I am when I'm drunk. I want to be as, you know, as um adventurous as I am when I'm drunk. I want to be as outrageous as I am when I'm drunk, you know, like but sober. Yeah. Really, like that's yeah. the goal. Like, so I drink once a year. And I deep throat my bottles. <laughs> oh, oh, um, <clears throat> oh, wow. I apologize, folks. Hold on. <laughs> I should say I drink with somebody. I drink with my husband's best friend's <laughs> wife. We okay. drink like once a year together. Got it. Well, I drink once a year. <laughs> now, what's now? I'm not going to try and turn you, but what's the point of the once a year? Uh, New Year's. <laughs> That's just, I mean, there, there is no point other than to get drunk and be silly. I guess that's a question. And, bottles. <laughs> and you guys can't do that sober? Well, we can. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. I mean, it's not harming that's or a good, That's a good thing for me to think about, though. Like, what's the point? That's, and 
that is really what it's come down to in this last year is it was like, well, why don't you just have one or why don't you do this? And it's just like, well, what the fuck is the point? Like literally like I like not to sound like a dick, but I used to be the same way. Like if I was one, I would be the party bully or like, hey, why don't you just have one? Like, why don't you just, why don't you just join me? Because again, misery likes company. You mm-hmm. don't want to be alone in that, that, that reel I just did last week. Um, whose voice was it? Fuck. I can't think now I have a brain fart. Um, oh, it's Pedro's. Bedros literally was like that person wants you to drink with them because deep down inside they're fucking miserable. They want somebody, a partner in crime, you know? Yeah. And as I started getting away from it and that's where I kind of was, I was like, well, maybe I'll just have an old fashioned cause whiskey was my shit. You know, like it's not vodka. I could slam a fifth of vodka. Like right now I could probably slam a fifth of vodka. Like it's nobody's business. Mm. Literally just be like, yeah, you know, I drink a hundred of those little fucking seltzer things. Um, so my whole thing was maybe I'll just have a drink or like a nice, tequila like blanco or mezcal or like a good old-fashioned but then it was really like no i drink to get fucked up like there's no one drink bullshit here like if i'm gonna drink we're going full full out riot calm the guy doing the thing like i don't have an in between like i i don't want to shut it off so for me it's like what's the point of one what's the point of spending the money and some people like well just to chill and relax i'm like I can fucking chill. Catch me at eight 30 at night on my couch. I'm chill as fuck. You know what I mean? So yeah, you get the point like, and now I'm that dude. I'm like, well, what's the point of one? You know, it's like, I tell a lot of my close friends like, well, like I'm going out. So like, I feel like I have to drink with them. I'm like, why, why do you feel like you have to, why don't we flip the script and make them feel like they don't need to drink? How about we do yeah. that? How about we do something to what doesn't involve alcohol and show each other that that's not really fucking necessary anymore. Yeah. So people are like, well, I need to do, I worked a long week. I need to unwind. I'm like, you should fucking unwind sober. It feels great waking up the next day without a hangover. Yeah. So what's funny too is sometimes the, the people that are trying to get you to have the drink are the same people that are, are like totally, completely anti processed food, any chemicals in your food. I'm like, oh, but you're drinking poison. It's great. <laughs> I love those. Those are my favorite kind of people. Yeah. And yeah. Like, are you really giving your kid peanut butter? Shut up, bitch. I just watched you drink a fifth of vodka. <laughs> yeah. It ain't organic either. Yeah. No, not to be that rude, but no. I <laughs> <laughs> could go on to a whole other topic with, with some of my church friends, but we won't go down that rabbit hole today. Yeah. Um, yeah. To each his own. If that's what makes you happy and you're doing it, fucking A. But if you know deep down inside, Mm-hmm. you don't want to drink anymore you shouldn't be drinking you're not a, you're not a good drunk you fucking crave shitty food the next day it's going to stop you from going to the gym on monday it's going to make you not pay attention to your kids like if there's these signs that are fucking adding up in your life to where you shouldn't do it that's when it's time to just stop and for me yeah i knew it was time to stop shit was adding up and it wasn't one it wasn't two it wasn't three it was just a list of things and even if I did, like when we went out for our one year anniversary in May, it was May, May 2nd of this year <clears throat> was my last sip. And I just had an old, we went to Hell's Kitchen. We went out to San Diego Harris and I had an old fashioned. And then I think I had like two more drinks after that. But what it was doing was like, it was tired. It was late, but I wanted a good night with my wife and, you know, we wanted to go gamble and do some stuff. But it got me so tired and it started like giving me some anxiety to where like if I didn't have like four more, I wouldn't feel right. But I knew right. I didn't want four more. So, excuse me. Um, does that make sense? Like, you know, yeah. I was at that peak of a buzz 
So it was either I was like winding down or it's like, it's full fucking throttle. Let's get it. And I didn't want to go full fucking throttle, you know, a special night. It was, we having a good time. So that's really where it's like, all right, it's time. Let's stop. Let's see where we can go with this. And nothing but great things have happened since giving up alcohol. Not to sound like that, dude. Like I never, if I were to see myself 20 years from now, like hearing myself, I'd be like a fucking douche. Um, but that 20 year old didn't know what the fuck I was going to go through either. Yeah. And what, and what I pulled myself out of. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I do have one more question for you that uh, I ask everyone yeah. at the end of every episode. And that is, if you had one piece of advice that you could give to the world, what would it be? Um, I love that question. I think I've touched on it already. Don't give up. Help people be better and be better yourself. Um, yeah, I could go on. This is my topic for life. But um, wake up every day and just ask yourself, what am I doing today to help others? And that's what I do every fucking morning. Boom. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jake Sorokman signing off. Until next time. Mm.